Yeah. No, she literally does not give a fuck. Yep. This is like the whole thing that Ivy was talking about is like Queen of Fables is going to do whatever she wants. And what she wants is pretty fucking horrific. Right. Welcome to Harley Freaking Quinn, the podcast all about Harley Quinn. I'm your host, Carly. And I'm Jess. And this episode, we're going to record, we're going to recap season one, episode seven, The Line. But before we get to that, uh, just want to say, uh, well, I guess just want to catch up. We took a week off there um, to, well, we came back from our road trip, camping trip, and then it was our one-year wedding anniversary, first wedding anniversary. So we missed a week of episodes, but, you know, we'll make up for it. Yeah, so we're going to record this one, and we're going to record the recap for episode eight and just release it all at once uh, just to make up and then stay on track with our weekly uh, episode recaps. So thanks for your patience, uh, the dozens of you that have downloaded this podcast. Uh, we haven't forgotten. We uh, just had to take a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, we didn't just quit because uh, Harley Quinn got a renewal. Yeah, exactly. The love is still there. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I've just been loving all of the energy on Twitter. Now that we have a Twitter account, I can just go through all the like Harley Quinn and Harleyby Stan accounts and just like like and retweet everything. <laughs> so um, other than that, I don't think there's really anything we you know need to discuss. Um, I think like one interview came out with... Um, the producers and they were talking to like kind of previewing what they have what they're kind of thinking about for season three and not only are they going to like stick with harley and ivy being a couple in season three but they're also going to maybe go into like ivy's own like backstory and origin story because throughout the series we kind of hear a little bit from her about it but it's always kind of like in vague. kind of vague and also like she only reveals stuff when it's like uh relevant to harley um because you know it's a harley quinn show so uh that would be really awesome and also that uh they're gonna kind of talk about uh policing because like one of the most iconic dc characters is jim gordon and like what would Jim Gordon do if, you know, the nobody liked the, the police or like the, um, you know, policing is corrupt as an institution? So I thought that was really interesting and relevant, obviously. So I'm excited for that. Every time they kind of talk about what they're thinking for season three, it's all good news. Except for one thing, which is an understandable thing, and that's that season three probably won't be out until this time next year yeah so but, we got some know. stuff to talk about <laughs> we got some time to um rewatch re harley quinn and uh talk about all the other stuff with harley quinn but i mean that makes sense um 
Also, I think uh, Patrick also said that like there's no way that they're going to do two seasons back to back like they did the first time around because, uh, you know, apparently that was just stressful. Who knew? Yeah. Well, and we've talked before about how it was originally planned to just be one very long season and how long the production was because of that. And then they just split it up into two, which came out just about back to back. Yeah. Oh, that was another, that was what he said. He said that it's very unlikely that uh, the like we're going to get season three and then season four right after it. Like there's going to be a much bigger break if season four happens, you know, which why wouldn't like it? a regular production schedule? Mm-hmm. But yes, there should definitely be a season four. Right. Start talking about it now. Get hype. Get hype. Renew Harley Quinn again. Again, forever. Yeah. Okay. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our recap of season one, episode seven. The The line. Line. So this is the Queen of Fables episode. The like... The big one, I think, where her character just becomes like kind of a foil to Harley. Um, I guess we can talk about like what our thoughts on the whole episode is after we recap it. It starts out as it goes. Yeah. You know me. I love tangents. Yeah. So uh, it first starts out with a um, release announcement that uh like on the news tawny says that queen of fables is going to be released from the u.s tax code because a judge ruled her punishment cruel and unusual yeah yeah accurate does raise a lot of questions about like american justice and sentencing in this world that that just kind of stood for 30 years uh at this point and um and Harley Quinn and Queen of Fables are watching this uh, release announcement from the tax office where Queen of Fables works. And they're just like sipping coffee and gabbing and um, talking about how she's stoked. Uh, Queen of Fables is stoked to get out of this book so she can get her fuck on. Yep. Which, yeah, that was actually, I want to say the full line because I think that was my favorite cuss of the uh, episode of. Harley asking if we'll still have our weekly coffee dates and if I'm not too busy getting my fuck on. Yeah, like the only way that Wanda Sykes can say it. uh, Wanda Sykes was perfect casting. Like I go on about how much I love the voice acting in this show all the time, but Wanda Sykes is impeccable. Right. So funny. Uh, And then we go um, to the mall where um, Harley Quinn unveils her uh, new latest plan for a heist to get into the Legion of Doom. Um, or just their attention. Or just their attention, right? And uh, so they want to break into Star... She wants to break into Star Labs to steal this weather machine. Well, which- to steal a force field to steal an unstealable weather machine. Oh, right, right, right. Um, because no one has been able to steal this weather machine. So she has this like multi-step plan. To break into it. Um, and uh, this scene is really fun. The whole crew is there. Um, Ivy and Frank are watching TV in the background. Uh, Clayface, King Shark, and, and Psycho are listening to her plan. And they had sent uh, Clayface in as, uh, as a spy. Brenda. 
as Brenda, who is getting back into the dating game, and she has recently gotten adult braces. Adult braces. Who can put a price on a smile? Uh, I think this is like one of the... What's really funny about Clayface is just how like his sexuality and gender are just so irrelevant. So yeah, just ambiguous and just fluid um, because he's like says a quip about like how his how Brenda's coworker is going to be really sad that she didn't show up to work to um, today. And then at the end of the episode, they make a, a crack about Neil Patrick Harris. You know, I don't know if it's that ambiguous because has Clayface ever and whatever gender he's pantomimed as been interested in women? Um, I guess not, though in the first when he's first introduced, he and he's being the like Oki from Muskogee, <laughs> he does mention a female partner and kids and Oh, he does? I think so. I know he mentioned his uncut Labradors. I mean that really was the like the clincher. <laughs> it was, it's, that's true. That's the one thing that like stuck out the most. Anyway, I guess he's just gay, but they don't say it. It just comes out that he... Gender just... fluid into the dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so while they're talking and uh, unha- like hashing out this plan... Um, Frank yells at Harley from the couch and is saying, hey, the, the, they're talking about that book you love. And I didn't catch this the first time, but she says, Clive Cussler Sahara and just cartwheels over it. Clive Cussler's Sahara. And if you don't know what Clive Cussler is, it is like, it's like James Patterson in which like Clive Cussler is just has I love that you treat Clive does, Cussler as his own genre rather than a, an author. He's an author, but it's really a genre because <laughs> he has like 30 books himself and they're just all the same like all just mysteries and like crime th- thrillers that have very similar titles. So the fact they're all kind of military industrial complexy Yes. like what I've gathered from my granny's very loud audiobooks of them are. And so that that Harley likes Clive Cussler, but also specifically, specifically Sahara. says Sahara. I don't know. I had to pause the episode just to laugh because I'm I like, I kind of want to read the Wikipedia entry on this. Like, <laughs> why? Why? Why do this you one? Like it? Yeah. Yeah, but she she like cartwheels over there and immediately just like gloms onto g- Ivy just in yeah, excitement. She, yeah, just gives her a huge hug. Which that was about the time that Carly paused the episode. And it's just such a cute still image of just like Harley Eyes delighted closed. and excited and like mouth open just bubbling up and Ivy not entirely certain she wants to be hugged, but also here for being hugged. And that it's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. So it's a live cover. They're watching live coverage of the courthouse where um, Queen of Fables is going to be released from the tax code. Uh, Z- Zatanna is there to um, to undo it. Uh, Which brought up a question for me because they're saying that this was 30 years ago that Zatanna put her in the tax code. And Zatanna looks a- like she's maybe like 32 now. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't aged a day. Is this well, like- the whole like... All of the Justice League, when they talk about flashbacks, 
the whole Justice League is there to put like her in the ageless. tax code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ageless. Well, superheroes for you. Yeah. But there is a, you know, shocking plot twist because they're going to send her to Arkham. Like, so she isn't being released from her sentence. She's just being released from her tax code and going to spend the rest of her life in Arkham. Which Ivy is kind of like, uh, that's fine. She almost destroyed Gotham. Right. And like, that was the whole complaint when we first met the Queen of Fables was like, she tried to take over Gotham. When men do that, they get sent to Arkham. Uh, When she did that, she was uh, punished in this very over the top, cruel and unusual way. So when they were like, well, you're going back, you're going to Arkham for the rest of your sentence, like suddenly that's unfair. But Ivy didn't say almost took over Gotham. Ivy said destroyed Gotham to which that's true the only thing Harley cared about or retorted was I think the lack of affordable housing destroyed Gotham which ooh yeah Uh, um defund the Batman (laughs) and um well and and there are a lot of like reveals in this episode where like Harley's like why didn't you say anything she is my mentor and yeah I was like well I want you to listen to me (laughs) not queen of fables um so yeah Ivy says like if there's anyone who deserves to be in Arkham it's her but Harley will uh, Harley already left yeah she's already she did not hear any of that literally left And she's going to go break out Queen of Fables from the armored truck and break out her uh, book of uh, fairy tales. And then they go back to the mall. I love that she's got like a cigarette hanging out of a lector mask. Yes. That was hilarious. And But uh, uh, yeah, starts off by breaking an arm. uh, So violent. Which is not like out of... Right. It's not out of line with some of the violence we've seen but that was more i think we've had like a lull in the violence a little bit like as harley got away from the joker so it it almost was a little jarring of just kick flipping the cigarette lighter up to her hand by breaking someone's arm yeah no you're right um like the first episode was like ultra violent yeah very crazy violent you know harley is just beating up um yeah uh and everyone lots of blood and then it kind of like as she was kind of figuring out what she wants like what she wants is to steal shit like she doesn't have to like kill everybody she comes across in order to do that uh but it gets really dark really fast if like you weren't shocked by queen of fables like stomping uh guards like arm in half to get his cigarette lighter uh, in like a minute or so, it's gonna get real dark. So they go back to the mall. Uh, Harley introduces Queen of Fables to the rest of the crew, and uh, King Shark is super cute and is like, he "You can make, <laughs> you can make uh any story like fairy tale creature come to life." And uh, she asks him like, "What his favorite is?" And he says, "Humpty Dumpty." And she like conjures Humpty Dumpty from her book. And then he freaks out. He's like, oh, my gosh, it's him. It's him. And she immediately breaks him in half to scramble an egg. And 
while he's he, alive. While he, yeah, and he King Shark is devastated, and everyone's kind of like horrified, take, yeah, taken back aback by this. Yeah, it's a it's uncalled for. And um, Ivy comes in and like, hey Harley, can I talk to you for a second? And first of all, she's dressed. Uh, the way Harley describes it as someone who's uh, a 40s housewife going to fuck her husband's boss. Yes. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hat over her eyes, sunglasses, trench coat, uh, someone from like- Scarf around her hair. Yeah. And uh, Ivy is like trying to tell her like, this is what I was talking about. Like, what were you thinking bringing her here? And- she is a really bad guy, and Harley says something like, well, we're we're all bad guys. And this is, like, the key is, like, Ivy says, you're a bad guy, but you're a good person. And, uh, I mean, Harley doesn't believe it, but it doesn't want to, like, listen to her. Just And then in the background, Queen of Fables, like, is uh, cooking Humpty Dumpty's uh, egg, egg by torching under his corpse and then she like takes out like a mallet and like breaks his limbs because he's, he's like flailing he's too flailing. much oh my gosh it's horrific it's kind of gruesome it's yeah it's comedically over the top because it's an animated egg but it's some dark shit yeah um and before like and harley tries to like push it back on ivy like well where are you going like look how you're dressed i can't listen to you uh so ivy has to leave because where she's going is oh, oh well did i miss something yeah i just liked um ivy reminiscing about uh melting a oh yeah ceo's head in his own herbicide she's like uh best earth day ever yes way to treat yourself yeah because harley says well we're all bad guys and i was like um i care about the environment i don't know how that makes me a bad guy so um if yeah, you're gonna take motto. if you're gonna take the couch moment as your favorite harley moment i'm gonna take this one just because i like uh i don't know i just thought it was cute like harley teasing ivy about her eye outfit uh, Ivy like trying to talk some sense into Harley and calling her a good person and again like being the voice of reason um, when um, Harley doesn't want to listen at all basically we just like whenever they talk to each other and I won't apologize I won't apologize I'm gonna keep pointing out these moments um, can we move on to the next yep. scene okay so where Ivy was going was Kite Man's apartment and uh, because they've been seeing each other and Kite Man wants to take her out on a date and she's like, uh, I guess we can go, like, let's go to a movie, you know, dark where no one can see us. Like, it's very obvious that she doesn't want to be seen After with him. she talked him down from like, why don't we just meet at hotels and let's not go out in any public place. Right. So she has, you know, made a compromise, like instead of meeting in a, uh, hotel secretly uh, we can go to a movie and he's just kind of clueless <laughs> uh, but he does do so my favorite the thing about kite man is is that i like to tease him um because he obviously becomes an obstacle in between my otp but he does have like a few cute moments that he immediately ruins after that. So my what, my favorite Kite Man moment for the entire series is the little baby heads with 
With on tiny, baby bodies. On little baby bodies. So he like holds out like roses and she's like immediately like, you know that this is just like cutting off a bunch of little baby, handing me like baby heads. And he's like with little baby bodies and he they have come out of like a little like pot, a little pot of soil. So they are a whole plant. And I thought that was super cute and very funny. And then he immediately ruins it. And he's like, guess who's a step ahead? Kite man. He's just, he's such a dork. He's like, he's just a broy dork. And he's very likable. Like, he would be someone that's tough to fall in love with. Yes. But he's someone who's very easy to like. Yes. Kind of. Anyway. I, I like him. I know you do. Um, so next we go back to, well, they're trying to steal the force field, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So they need, Qu- Queen of Fables offers like a, a small fairy storybook character to go in um, and get it. Needs to be like four inches tall. Cinderella's mouse. Yes, and he is a mercenary, um, a chain-smoking mercenary <laughs> who's dressed like Rambo. Oh, I thought he looked like French Foreign Legion or something. Oh, maybe. Uh, meanwhile, like while they're trying to like go through this tunnel, um, there is a family reunion happening with a bunch of people, and one of them, one of the people, spots them. Um, you know, breaking into this underneath star labs and Queen of Fables like, don't worry, I got this. And she before like Harley leaves, she sees that Queen of Fables has just summoned like the three bears or something like that. Uh, and every like all the kids are like, oh, and so Harley's like, oh, OK, everything's fine and goes back to the heist. Uh, they come back out and it is a massacre like everyone is carnage. dead carnage blood everywhere and she's just lounging on a pile of corpses yes she is putting out her cigarettes in a corpse in someone's empty eye socket yes and it's so uh like one of the funniest parts is clayface <laughs> just like well i won't be needing these anymore and like plucks out his eyes and throws them away <laughs> and it just and then he's just like walking with his arms out and uh and king shark like passes out looking at all of this and she and queen of fables is like what i had to like destroy the bloodline right like, i killed him we- because he saw us, and then everyone saw me kill him, so I had to kill all of them. And you have to end the bloodline. Yeah, and uh, and it wasn't her anyway. It was the it was the wolf, and then she summons the three little pigs to just clean up, and you just hear like them munching on all of the bodies. And uh, I She's think like, that's get when, the bones. Yeah, and I think that's when King Shark passes out. Which who can blame him? I liked Psycho's response to like the end the bloodline. Eight bloodline thing of being i taught villainy 101 at boston college and that wasn't covered yeah so when you're like too evil for dr psycho um who is really he's pretty psycho but oh man yeah that's saying a lot so they go back to the mall and um everyone's like really uneasy ivy comes back and is like you know, figures out what happens. She's like, oh, did she, 
did she do the the, the pig thing the pig thing and king shark starts projectile vomiting yeah and he's just a gentle boy he is he just wants to like have friends and have a schedule and play on the computer so Ivy convinces Harley, like, you have to talk to her. She cannot go on heists with you anymore. She is legitimately evil. And at that moment, like, Queen of Fables is like, hey, everybody check your shoes. I think somebody stepped in eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's reveling in this. Yeah. And so Harley goes over there and tells her, like, listen, I don't think it's going to work out. Like, we should be friends. Um, but I think you should, like, sit out of this heist. And uh, Queen of Fables just, like, sees right through her. She's like, listen, we're villains. We we don't give a fuck. Like, we had to do, we do whatever we want. And uh, and Harley says something like, well, I give, like, a, a microscopic, like, oh, I, fuck. <laughs> right. I have a line. Right. And uh, and Queen of Fables, like, at first, you're not really sure if she's going to, like, exit gracefully or if she's going to just snap. Yeah, and, there's a lot of tension in the room. Yeah, but instead, she's just like, fuck it, I don't care, I'm leaving, deuces. And she, like, gives them, like, double bird and, like, flies, flies out around. of the mall. Right. And um, Clayface clayed himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely sensed the tension there. Uh, the next scene, um, we go to Martha's Bruce Steakhouse. Which, Instead of Ruth's Chris. Yes. Apparently, Ruth's Chris is a uh, steakhouse chain. And then they... Very middle class fancy. And they... It looks kind of fancy when they first go in there. And then, like, the more you see it, the more it's like, oh. Well, I mean, unless you, like, recognized it as a play on Ruth's Chris. I didn't the first time. But... Then later in a later in a later scene, they talk about like the buzzers um, to like get your table. So that obviously is like a Midwestern chain thing. So uh, Kite Man is embarrassing, is what I put in my notes. <laughs> resi for two. I'm going to call it a resi from now on, oh Carly. My gosh. You know, so one of the things that just Once makes we... fun of me the most is that I do like to shorten words into <laughs> like a cutesy, uh, cutesy form. Um, she used to call me Aziz on Carly, um, but uh, Kai Ban really takes the joy out of it when, especially <laughs> no. when when he says Dindin. I was like, dang it! I used to say Dindin, and now I'm never going to say it. I'm okay with both of you dropping that from your vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, so like I told you, yes, baby talk. No. Anyway, um, love you. But I even Rezzy doesn't sound funny anymore. <laughs> So what I just put What's is, the point of a resi? Yeah. So what I just put is Kite Man is embarrassing, but basically he put a reservation down. They told him to wait 40 minutes and he's just like, hey, like I'm Kite Man and I'm just trying to take my lady out to dinner and we want to be seen. And she Ivy does not want to be seen. I don't know. He's just so clueless. And he this, just wants to show her off and to show off himself. He's so proud. Yeah, but you have to like pick read up, the room. Read the room. Can't like, read the he's, room. He's a bro. He's so like oblivious to like any kind of like body language or language that's coming off of Ivy right now. She says when they get there, can't we just go to the movie? Go to a movie, and he says no. 
Um, so this Here's is going hint, to be. Dudes. It's going to go. If a lady only wants to meet you in a hotel, she's not into you. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, we kind of like follow uh, Ivy and Kite Man, like interspersed with the lady uh, with the Queen of Fables drama. It kind of switches back and forth. Um, so while Ivy and Kite Man are out at the restaurant, um, the rest of the crew is actually going to steal the weather machine and, uh, and they steal it and it's, uh, they are able to hire Cinderella's mouse mercenary, um, adorable soldier of fortune. Yeah. Who gets destroyed by the thousand-ish lasers. Thousand-ish lasers. And it's so funny because he's hit with all these lasers. He like drags the, like smokes the cigarette in one long drag and then he just disintegrates in goo and uh but harley is able to use the force field to steal the weather machine they get back to the mall and they are like over video chat threatening the mayor like if you give us you know if you don't give us a billion dollars uh, we're going to like raise the temperature of Gotham, and they call them a scourge. Yeah, upgraded from nuisance. Yeah, totally skip over menace. That's a big jump. Yep, but guess who's there? Queen of Fables wasn't going to let him get away with it. Uh, but I think it's funny because she's like, not only did you piss me off, but you let me go. Like almost like this is like a challenge. Like, like she is still trying to mentor her. Yeah. But much more stick than carrot. Right. Um, so she's going to threaten them with the big bad wolf to get the weather machine from them. And they're almost going to fight because Harley's going to stand stand her ground uh, when the last... And you know, I, oh, yeah. I don't think it was a bluff. I believe that queen of fables would have honestly murder faced her yes like when she says it's your choice between open or closed casket that was 100 percent like the only courtesy she was going to extend her was choosing uh yeah she really revels in the violence um and uh so she was going to do it but they're interrupted because by this like uh really beefy dude with a ponytail with uh who can like shoot lightning from his body and that was like the last person alive from that family reunion didn't end the bloodline didn't end the bloodline and harley knew it because like she saw somebody with a ponytail underneath the picnic table and she didn't say anything and it turns out it's this guy who threw himself into the uh, electric fence jason praxis ah is he someone i don't know i was gonna ask you i forgot I no to google idea. it's not a name i recognized but it sounds very much like a superhero. Yeah. Um, and all he wants is revenge. He threw himself in the electric fence at Star Labs and that gave him superpowers. Gave and, me powers and, every goddamn time. Yeah. That was such a great fucking line from Queen of Fables. They're just like, this is this world. Oh, an electric fence gave you flying electric powers. Fucking of course it did. Who doesn't have goddamn powers here? Yeah. And this is my favorite swear of the episode. She's like, and all of this because we didn't end the blood. Like everyone says it at the same time. The motherfucking bloodline. <laughs> the motherfucking bloodline. Uh, but Fable's book gets destroyed by Praxis. Right. And she wants to know if there anyone has a magical Fable book or if there's a B. Dalton or Walton books in this mall. 
which is so funny because obviously she's been in uh, a prison of some sort for 30 years to think that B. Dalton or Walden Books is still in any kind of mall. But I guess it's a, like an old shutdown mall. So maybe she, she was onto something. So it cuts back to the restaurant. Um, what I wrote in my notes at this point is Kite Man finally realizes that Ivy is embarrassed. <laughs> so He's, you know... It looks like it's been a couple days. He's got a five o'clock shadow. He's just living in his mask and bathrobe. No, that no, that's that's later. This uh, is they're still at the restaurant um, where they have that big fight because he's like, oh, "Oh, you are embarrassed to see me." So they have this big fight. So and then, like later, do you want to just go over like their makeup scene? Yeah, I guess. Sorry, I completely missed the last part. And yeah, my. My next note was just Ivy wishing that she had that insane level of confidence that he has, which, God, yeah, don't we all just wish we had the insane level of confidence found only in mediocre white men? Yeah, I wrote wrote a part down, was like, you genuinely do not care what people think. Uh, But despite all of that, and she says, like, you're totally not the guys I usually date, but I was like despite logic and sense, I do like you. And she introduces herself to Kite Man's roommate as his girlfriend. Which Kite Man introduces his roommate as Bill, a.k.a. Bildo. Which, <laughs> God, he's such a fucking frat boy. Uh, but he does say, like, when she says, I'm his girlfriend, he says, hell yeah. Which is, I like when he does that. It's so funny. He also sounds like he's about to cry when he does it. Yeah. Which has a happy crier. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't we all cry if Ivy uh, addressed us as our girlfriend? Let's be real. Not with that level of reluctance that she has. (laughs) I guess that's true. We can pick up on that reluctance. Though, I mean, I wouldn't say it was reluctance, but it did seem like I'm giving in. Yeah. She has been worn down by the fact that he's... And again, this is my opinion of him just being very likable. He doesn't give you a real good reason to dislike him. He's not cruel or anything else that like just says, like, this is a red flag. He's just a dork. He's just a dork. And being mean to him feels cruel. And making him sad feels like being mean to him. And Ivy's not a bad person. So making him sad feels like something unjustified. It just, it wears on her niceness. I guess that's true. So anyway, we go back to the mall. I mean, I I value your opinion, babe, and I agree with everything positive that you ever say about ivy okay going back to the mall uh they uh does she does harley use like the force field to um like protect queen of fables because at first praxis is like if you give me the queen of fables i'll let you all go and yeah harley like like, like, okay here she is puts her like in an arm lock and like frog marches her out of um the protective dome that psychos made and you think that Harley's thrown her to the wolves, but she's not. She put the Apple Watch looking force field on 
queen of fables. Which protects her from Praxis's lightning bolt, and then... It backfires on him, knocks him out long enough for them to send Queen of Fables on her way. And like, and Queen of Fables is like obviously grateful that she's not fried, because she did lose her powers when the um, storybook was zapped. But, but she's, she's also... She's mad that Harley didn't kill her. Yeah, she like still can't believe that after all this, like Harley would just like... Okay, let me go. But Queen of Fables like isn't going to like beat Look at Har- gift hurlers in the mouth. Yeah, beat Harley to death with her staff or anything. Like she's going to leave. And Harley says the retorts that she's maybe a bad guy, but she's not a bad person. So she did listen to Ivy after all. Just a little. Um, and I think like this comes up throughout the series, and I just really like it as Harley is like finding her own identity, like even as a, when she wants to be a supervillain, kind of with like weird motives, like because she just kind of at this point still wants to just show up Joker. Um, She's still like doing it her own way. And that's what she says. The queen of fables is like, I can get the weather machine and I don't have to kill people. I'm doing it my own way. Yeah. It's, it's important for her to stand on her own. And, to learn to interact appropriately with other people and treat the rest of her crew right. And, you know, it's a little heavy-handed that, like, an episode is literally named The Line, but recovering from, like, a narcissistic and abusive relationship, learning to your own personal boundaries and discovering them and learning to implement them is hugely important in recovery. Right. And so, uh, you know, I'm proud of her. Same. And um, it kind of time passes. Ivy is back. They're oh, all- well. Oh. Um, we have Praxis waking oh, up yes. and oh, asking if he defeated her. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Go on, buddy. And then he gets a spear going up through the, the base of his skull and out of his mouth as Queen of Fables lifts him off the ground with her spear and is like, ha, after all that talk about ending the bloodline, you think I wouldn't? Yeah, I forgot about this guy. Ha ha ha. Okay, now I'm leaving. And again, everybody is uh, horrified and um, like just kind of solidifies that uh, Queen of Fables learns no lesson. Uh, <laughs> like she has not like does She's not experience not here to workshop this. no. Uh, so she's going to be the same no matter what. Okay, now we go back, uh, go forward in time a little bit. They're trying to get the weather machine to work, and uh, apparently it's password protected. And they Neil keep, Patrick Harris won. And Psycho's like, Clayface, is that your password? No. <laughs> uh, and of course, Ivy, like, so you did all of that. You... Like stole an unstealable weather machine. You killed an entire family and you didn't know what the password was and it self-destructs. Oh shit. And that's the end Roll of the credits. Episode. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh and I really like this episode. Um Yeah, I liked it the first time, but the second time I did catch more of the jokes. Clive Kessler. Uh Adult Braces. Yes. Brenda um yeah it was just kind of like 
there are some good moments that I remembered from my first watch, but um, yeah, caught a little, a few more details. And I, again, I like to think of it in kind of the context of um, Harley's character development over the show and how we're getting like this progress um, like you said, so that was really good. Uh, Ivy at like getting her own, um, like scenes by herself, like, well, with separate from Harley in which she has like another adult relationship, even though it's with Kite Man is at least a good step for her. Cause again, like, wasn't it just like one episode ago where she's like, she is my only friend because the rest of the human race isn't worth a shit. Yeah. So some steps for her as well. Which, yeah. Ivy did say, like, not the kind of guy I normally date. So has she actually really dated? Like, it makes me wonder what her previous relationships are like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, King Shark and Clayface are the cinnamon buns we oh. always knew. Bless them. The only thing that could have made this episode better would have been a Bane line. Right. And um, we met... You know, we saw someone in action who's more evil than Psycho. Like, yeah. made him seem, like, tame and reasonable and a team player for the first time. Though, when, during the fight with the with Praxis at the end, he says something like, I'm going to go get some more cough, cough syrup and just, like, <laughs> leaves. So maybe not the best t- team player, but certainly more of a team player than previous episodes. He, he isn't needlessly violent, and so it does kind of slide under the radar of just how deeply antisocial he is mm-hmm. a lot of times yeah well, well yeah that was episode seven tune in next episode which actually should be online right now um for our recap of episode eight if you like this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts um, under Harley Freaking Quinn. And if you want to uh, talk to us about our episodes or about Harley Quinn, you can find us on Twitter at Harley Quinn Pod. We'll put it in the show notes. That's right. Yeah. And lastly, thanks for listening. Thank you. You probably just think I'm some guy who went to REI and picked up a hang glider. And I thought that was funny because Ivy's like, yeah, isn't that what happened? But isn't that's what happened, isn't it?